We have reached our six o'clock hour. Welcome to our Good Friday worship service from North Coast United Methodist Church, our evening worship service. Thank you for joining us online. And as we record this for our YouTube service as well, my name is Reverend Michael Drew Davis, and we'll begin this evening with our opening prayer. Come and hear the story of Jesus's trial and death. Listen and know that God loves us and that Christ lives in us. Give us the courage to live no matter the circumstances. Please join us in our opening hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross.
Let's join together in our call to worship. Today we mourn the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. We remember Christ's love. We grieve for the saints that cause God's pain. We remember Christ's suffering. We reflect on the reality of death. We listen for God's voice. We struggle to comprehend our fickle hearts and the silent sorrow of this day.
move into our time of prayer. God of goodness and grace, help us remember your goodness. Even as we face the reality of evil, help us trust your grace. Even as we face the reality of our failings, may we live fully and abundantly even as we face the reality of death. Show us how to be like Jesus, that we may live faithfully even to, last, even to, la to the last of our days. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Let's continue on our time of prayer as we celebrate the words that Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's move into our words of assurance. In God's grace, we are freed to live. In Christ's love, we are invited to love. With the Spirit's help, we are renewed and strengthened, even for the most difficult of journeys. Amen and amen. Our scripture reading tonight comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27, verses 27 through 32. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the plantarium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hell, king of the Jews, they said. They spat on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. Thank you, God, for the inspiration of this word. Amen. This evening, as we move into our time of our sermon, let's join together in our response to the scripture. Christ Jesus, we know that your kingdom is not of this world. May your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. May you come to testify to the truth. You call us and claim us that we may abide in your truth. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You came not for worldly glory, but that we might shine with heavenly glory. All honor and glory is yours, Christ Jesus, now and forevermore. Amen. 
Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, we thank you for your journey. A journey that we began with Advent, celebrating the coming of a promise. And precious God, today, as we continue on this Lenten journey, we celebrate its fulfillment. Be with us tonight, Lord, as we look at this journey towards the cross. And in your son's precious name, I pray. Amen. Tonight, as we move into this scripture, this account of moving in to Good Friday, I would like to remind all of you who have joined us on this journey on YouTube through Zoom, as well as our dear friends that have joined us here in this sanctuary since the time of Advent, we have taken a very special focus on the things that Christ has turned our understandings around on, how Christ has reshaped our understandings, how Christ has reshaped our understanding on who and what is important, how Christ has reshaped our understanding on who has the most power and the most strength, and how Christ has come to be not just the voice for the voiceless, but to provide the trumpet for the voiceless to play so that their needs and concerns can be heard, experienced, and acknowledged. This evening, as we move into the scripture, with Christ's journey to the cross, we look at one more time the way that Jesus Christ turns around our identity, our ideas, and our understandings so that we can find the place of the resurrection. Tonight has the potential of viewing, of looking like the end of the story. If Jesus Christ was the participant of one of the old Western movies, we go back to the moment of Palm Sunday. And in every old Western movie, the cowboy rides into town, and there's some people who know who he is, and they're excited. There's some people who fear him coming because they know the hero will restore order. And there are those who are there who are suffering and worry, who have no voice, who see this new figure come into town, and this new figure may be an image of hope, or he could be one that joins the oppressors. We experience that on Palm Sunday. As Jesus Christ rides into Jerusalem riding a donkey and moves in the town to triumph and fanfare, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. The hero rides in the town, and the hero still has a week full of important things and important examples to set. He faces the challenge of the villains. And even on Palm Sunday, we see the account of as those that were there gathered in the town shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest for the hero, the villains of the story stepped forth and asked the hero to ask them to quit shouting. 
once again another try to take away the voices to oppress those from having a way to speak for themselves. But the hero says, even if I asked them to stop shouting, the rocks and the stones themselves would shout for me. That moment that the hero rides in the town and faces the villains. That story continues. That story continues into the evening, as in every great Western, there comes a time that the hero may discover that his biggest adversaries have been the ones who stood beside him through the journey. We get into our sermon that we shared last evening that's posted on our YouTube channel, both our YouTube-specific and our Zoom service. We get into the narrative of Monday, Thursday. And the hero of our story stands in the moment of telling his followers, telling the ones that he has come to share hope with, the complete reality of his story. Christ shares in the Passover meal the Passover feast, Jesus Christ participates in a key element of his culture using his cultural history to explain what's next. And in the process, he also points out his knowledge of the deceivers in his community. The hero of the story once again proves that he is smarter wiser, and most importantly, aware of everything that's happening. And he looks at Judas and says, the one that dips his hand in the cup with me will desert me, will turn me in. Will be at that person that they were ever born. Christ calls out his adversary the hero of the story, shares that he is not unaware of what's going on. The hero of the story uses the strength of his voice to point out his knowledge of the deceiver and the one that would turn him in. The hero wins again. But then we get to this evening. This whole story, this whole narrative fits the framework of Roy Rogers and John Wayne and the Lone Ranger. The hero rides in the town. The hero points out their understanding that the deceivers and the deceptors are in their mix and he knows who they are. But then we get to tonight. This is where the narrative shifts, and this becomes another moment that we begin to learn as we have looked since Advent, that Jesus Christ has come to give us new understandings of things that we hold and cherish in our lives so that we can understand what true power is, what true responsibility is, and what our true path in living is. And where that Roy Rogers and the Lone Ranger and John Wayne 
ride off into the sunset the heroes and their stories. As we reach this account, we watch the hero die. If we only knew this much of the story, we would think that the Cavendish gang finally got the Lone Ranger. We would think that the villains of the story finally beat the hero. But there's something that we learn because the story does not end today. It's thus this section of the story. Just like the old television sitcoms, when we see Jesus Christ buried in the borrowed tomb, if we knew the whole story in the moment, we would in our minds see the words to be continued. But within the moment, we don't see that. Within the moment, the disciples, Mary, mother of Jesus, Mary, friend of Jesus, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, they watch their friend die. John, the beloved, watches his hero die. Peter the one who denied him three times in the previous evening sees the hero die. The important lesson that takes place in the scripture is the reality is this becomes another moment that Jesus Christ gives us a full perspective and a new understanding of not just who has the power not just who has the importance. It becomes a conversation on what it means to actually win. We exist in a time that winning is important. We exist in a time that we see so frequently individuals talking heads on television screens try to be the loudest voice in the room so that anyone that disagrees with them is merely silenced and they don't have to prove that they're right or wrong. They just need to be louder and make the others submit. Victory's coming with all actions at all consequences. We see within our realm of society that individuals ignore the rules. They ignore totals and tallies. And they try to use their voices to be the loudest that say, this is wrong, I am right, I'm the winner, no matter what. So we look at this imagery of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ shows us that in many times, our greatest victories come from our greatest defeats. We don't always have to be the hero. The hero doesn't always have to win. As we move through this narrative, as we look at what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ, we have looked through this entire time of the example of an individual who has not gone out to collect as much as possible for themselves, but to lose as much as possible for the wealth and betterment of others. As I share this narrative, maybe all of us have not cherished Westerns. Maybe some of us like boxing movies. 
I think about the narrative that exists in the original Sylvester Stallone film, Rocky. And as we look at the underdog story that takes place in Rocky, we once again exist in a culture and a realm where the underdog fights, the underdog trains, and the underdog wins. And we all celebrate at the end of the movie, the underdog winning. But if you've ever actually watched Rocky, we have the underdog, we have him train, we have him do all the work possible, but at the end of the story, Apollo Creed wins, but Rocky wins the respect. I want us to look at this narrative of the reality of who Jesus Christ is. And I want us to weigh that narrative against the reality that we see every day. We see a win at all costs. We see a proclaimed victory no matter what mindset, but that has never been the example of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ turned over his power and spoke to those without a voice. Jesus Christ gave up the image of God to take on fully the image of man. And as it shares in Philippians 2.8, that he humbled himself into the image of man, even to the extent of death, death on a cross. Here's the reality of our hero story. Although we don't see it in the moment, we do eventually have the place that we see our hero ride into the sunset. Even though we don't see it in the moment, we do find the place that the hero rises up once again and gives everyone a resurrection and gives them a focal point to see that no matter how weak we may become, even when we feel incomplete and defeated, there's still a resurrection around the corner. What I'd like for you to hold on from this sermon tonight is this. No matter how hard things may appear in the moment, we serve a Redeemer who taught us the importance of losing as much as possible so that others can gain. When we see others gain and others find their voices and they experience their places of a resurrection, there is a place of a resurrection for us that we've gone the journey. We've held out our hands and we've shared the message and we have been a part of miracles. As I conclude this message, I can do so in quoting my hero, Harry Chapin, because this quote I've held on to so dearly, and it is an image of our Good Friday reality. And that quote is this, we are called to live our lives as fully as possible. And it doesn't seem that we ever live our lives as fully as we do when we concern ourselves with the needs of others.
Christ fulfills a need on Good Friday. And even though that the followers sit in a moment of grieving, I promise you, I promise you, there will come a place of a resurrection. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Let's join in our prayer of giving. Bless these gifts that they might bring life-giving hope and loving comfort to a world in despair. Amen. As we move into our time of the benediction, I'll share this benediction with you, and there'll be one more song. That song will conclude our service. There will not be a closing prayer after this song. Thank you for joining us this evening, those of you that have joined us on Zoom, those of you that will see this on YouTube. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And although that we have seen the hero buried the hero will rise again and ride into the sunset. Even as we sit silently with the memory of Jesus's death, quicken our hearts with the promise of Easter. Thank you.